Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Classic Lenses podcast. My name is Simon Forster and I'm hosting this podcast from Stoke-on-Trent in the UK. Joining me today is Carl Havens in Gainesville, Florida. Hello, Carl. Good morning, Simon. And we have Johnny Sisson in Chicago, Illinois. Hello, Carl. Oh, no. Hello, Hello, Johnny. Go for it, John. Hold on. I'm busy buying lenses. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I think we'll carry on from there. And, uh, oh, sure. A Chicago <laughs> accent, and I could respond for Johnny. Yeah. Well, <laughs> as this this is uh, going to be our, our most professional uh, podcast ever, because we have a professional podcaster uh, with us today, uh, yes. and uh, we've already showed him how it's really meant to be done already uh, within <laughs> within 30 seconds. And uh, as we have with us, Aid from the Sunny 16 podcast. Hello, Aid. Hey, how you doing, guys? Glad to be on the show. If you were in Florida, you would be Gatorade. Just, just, just so you know. Isn't that right, Carl? Why? Well, oh, yeah, that could be. Yeah, especially in Gainesville. Yeah, Gatorade. Anyway. So, okay, fair enough. <laughs> so right. yeah, so well, thank you for letting me on your show. I'm yeah, looking forward to it. I got some new boy questions, uh, and you know, it's good to good to have some opportunity to represent the Sunny Sixteen back to your listeners in a way that uh, you, well, Simon, you and Johnny both been on our shows. It's cool. That's it. Right. Well, last week uh, we spoke about uh, lenses that we own, um, but didn't find them interesting enough for us actually to use them, um, which with hindsight is perhaps not the best thing to try and talk talk about for an hour, um, which is pretty much what we managed to do. Um, it would have been fine if we talked about it for an hour. I think w- whatever time we went over for the hour, if you sprinkle that extra time back into the podcast is probably was not made it too much. Yes. Well, um, as you've already heard, we've got Aid with us. Um, but before we um, have a chat with Aid, here's Johnny with some feedback from last week. Right. That's, that was episode 33, uh, the listening to paint dry episode. Um, uh, <laughs> I just want to point out, um, you know, podcast 33, Jesus was crucified when he was 33 years old. So, you know, 33 is a tough number. Um, uh, and you know, it's, it's one of those places in life that you just have to get through, I think. And, um, so I guess that's what we did and, and we keep going forward, I guess, uh, we'll see, maybe aid will save us and we'll I'll have do my a best. starter. Yes. Right. Exactly. So, um, uh, yeah, and, and, and feedback wise, not a, not a whole lot here because, uh, Jimmy would have provided lots of feedback, but kept deleting it cause he didn't want to hurt our feelings. Um, so we, we will never have Jimmy D's uh, true comments from last episode, other than the fact that he did appreciate the paint drying video and said that that worked nicely for the episode. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, he, he was also saying, you know, it said just my personal take on it all good. So we do appreciate Jimmy's non-existent feedback as, as such that it is. Um, we, Geza had a little bit of feedback for us. Uh, he said... Um, uh, about the podcast, you know, I, I wonder about if there's a delineation between collecting and hoarding, um, which I feel like that's probably pretty much where we ended up with really from the last show. Cause I'm like, I'm not selling anything, you know, and we're just like, I'm just going to buy more stuff. And why would, you know, why would you sell anything? And, and I, I feel like that might've been the, the big, the big takeaway um, is, is that there's, I guess, more reasons to not sell lenses than, than to sell them once you've purchased them. Um, unless you're Carl and then you buy them and sell them and buy them and sell them and then buy the ones you sold again and sell them again. But 
that's good too. Except, except yeah. we realize, except we realize that um, while I do that, I have a number of lenses that mysteriously stay in my cabinet and right. don't get sold away, <laughs> even, though I, even though I don't use them. So it's all yeah, so purely <laughs> purely emotional connections to those lenses. <laughs> no, no, some of them I have no reason that I'm holding onto them. Uh, or they have worms. We learned about that too. So. Well, that, yeah, that's a good lens, though. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's the feedback. The, the, Welcome to podcast thirty-four. <laughs> so after the the difficult thirty-third episode, um, it, it actually it would make a certain amount of sense to to be talking about the after doing that episode about how we got on with selling those lenses that we don't use. But uh, I guess none of us did. I certainly didn't. But uh, I just put them all away. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Put them back where they belong. Yeah. No, you I know actually, what I did? No, actually, I listened to the podcast, and uh, it was so it was so bothersome to me that I punished myself by using a zoom lens for a whole day. Wow. <laughs> Ouch. Hair shirt. <laughs> no, but, then I, but then I realized, you know, that Minolta zoom, it's not so bad after all. Um, I could shoot the shots with a, with a good prime, but the photos that I took, they were quite good at, at, um, at the, you know, the, the distant and the close and the, and the intermediate range. They were sharp. They were bright. They were contrasted. They looked nice. And I didn't have to do much editing. So I'm not selling it. I'm going to hang on to it. Who knows? Uh, I might find another day to take it out and use it. If you wanted to punish yourself, you should have got an M42 zoom and use that. No, I should buy that um, Nikon lens that Ken Rockwell said ruined the reputation of zoom lenses for oh, yeah. over you. a decade. I had one of those one time. It was pretty it was cool, actually. But I think I you, had, you, you had the slightly better version. Oh yes, I had the I had the next version, right? There were that, it, yes, there were two versions, and I didn't get the one that had that bizarre um, flare. You're right. Yeah, well, that is that is the thing with old zooms, though. Some the, the the reflections you get on them are just either horrendous or great, depending on your your perspective on things. But uh, well, there we go. Yeah. Anyway, back with back to today's show and. I'm absolutely delighted to have Aid with us. Aid is uh, the I don't know co-creator, co certainly the instigator, and uh, you got Graham on board very, 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 very early uh, when in in the thought process to start the Sunday Sixteen podcast about uh, uh, well a little over a year ago, and that's something that. Uh, uh, as listeners of this podcast know, I, it's something I've been working my way through, uh, and I'm currently on episode 100A uh, at this moment, and I, I've, I've really thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, it's 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 something that, you know, as, I mean, I didn't actually listen to the podcast before we started this podcast, but it's certainly something that's in, influenced the way that uh, we we do things um, on, on the show, especially when we became a little bit more conversational as well. So uh, I've got uh, that's that's certainly something to thank um, Aid for for doing in the way that he he does his show. But Aid's here now, and um, it'll be great to uh, have a, a listen to have a little chat with Aid, and uh, perhaps Aid, you could. Tell us um, a little bit about yourself and your photographic history and anything else you might want to tell us. Sure. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for your kind and flattering introduction. Um, it's a little bit unnerving, um, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll try. You've, got a, you've got a super fan on the show. That's a problem. <laughs> well, it's your show, actually. <laughs> it's, it's on the show. 
<laughs> it's your te- technically it's your show i think yeah that's like, not mine uh, so yeah well let, i don't know where to start let's let's start uh with, without making a long story let's start at the beginning i i first picked up a camera seriously about 10 years ago now um and i didn't really know what i was doing i just knew that i i you know wanted to i had a lot of stuff on in the in the year i think the year was 2008 and i had a lot of stuff on that was going to big stuff that was going to happen that year so i thought to myself well i better buy a camera because i don't really have one and uh yeah i'm doing some important things uh so i happened to buy myself a fairly entry-level nikon dslr with the standard kit lens uh and that, that was it right i was just hooked after that uh completely obsessed with photography um uh and you know reading and and taking lots of photos and trying things out and then eventually got into you know using uh speed lights for lighting and exploring that um uh, and then a big change came uh when i started using film cameras uh, just 35 mil at first and then medium format. Uh, and uh, then film became, film photography became one of the things I was really, really interested in. I mean, I still always had digital cameras around and stuff like that, but film was the focus for a while. Anyway, after after a bit, um, uh, I one day I said to Graham, do you fancy starting a podcast? <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> and we, I think we'd met face to face just about once at that point ever. Um, uh, but we'd known each other on internet forums and stuff like that. And so uh, he said, yeah, all right, why not? And uh, so we thought we'd give it a try. And, uh, and just one one minor factual correction, I'm afraid, Simon, uh, that was about two and a half years ago. We oh, started nice. Sunny 16 now. Oh, my word um it was the summer of 2016 i guess um and uh yeah and we've been going uh, ever since um a, a huge step up in the quality of the show when rach joined the team uh it was great to have rach you know who is a, a professional analog photographer in, in at least part of her work uh, an educator um and she added a very welcome dimension to it but yeah, was, yeah sunny 16 um what can i say uh two and a half years in nearly and the shows are getting longer and longer <laughs> whether that's a good thing or not maybe johnny can say <laughs> yeah johnny I, th- I think that's something that um, you, you you hold a record on on the show now don't you <laughs> so i hear yeah <laughs> yeah it was your fault johnny it's, uh, it's nothing to do with graham at all <laughs> oh it's my oh, okay i thought it was i thought it was graham's uh, fault but all right i'm glad that it's cleared up now i know no, i i won't hear a word send said against my darling friend graham <laughs> Well, I just, you know, I just appreciate the check that I got for being on the show. So, you know, it's I wanted to make sure you got your money's worth and um, longer is better, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they tell me. No, it's, it, it's great fun. And we we love the show. Uh, we love the community that's built up around it uh, uh, and the interaction we have with the listeners. And yeah, we've made a lot of friends out of it. You know, it's um, it's been fantastic for me. I mean, I'm not, um, I, I was never a social media kind of person until we started this. And so I'd never done that whole thing about making friends on the internet. Um, but the number of people we've, we've made friends with and who've been on the show and who we've met in real life now and stuff like that it's it's awesome it's it's a really good fun good fun show to do and it's uh you know it's good to to be part of it really um you know uh, sometimes it's uh, sometimes i have to restrain graham a little bit but you know <laughs> to be fair to him he does most of the work he organizes all the guests and stuff like that so uh, you know my job on it is fairly laid back these days <laughs> you know i have to admit um that I've not been a regular listener, and that's an understatement because I've not, I've not listened to it. But um, last evening, 
I sat down and I um, listened to a portion of three episodes, and it was delightful. And I, I am I'm going to download it, and I'm, and I'm going. My problem is partitioning my time and and um, and 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 finding time to do different things and prioritizing it. And um, but the, you guys do a great job. It was very entertaining. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, the guys and uh, the guys and uh, and and and. Um, and women oh well yeah no so uh, absolutely i mean it's 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 great working with graham and rach because they have very different views of the world in some ways but all three of us get on and uh you know hopefully hopefully that comes through in the shows it's uh, certainly a lot of fun to make anyway one of the things about about the show uh, which I've, I've 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 always enjoyed is and, and well, i say enjoyed there are times when it also annoys me greatly as well um is that you in the conversation you have and, and quite often with the guests that you have um, your, your conversations probably more well it certainly is it's it's more about the photography and the emotional side of things and you know how people get there and uh, the journeys and all, all of that kind of stuff and and less about the kit um, you do talk about kit sometimes but there are, there are times when you when you guys do talk about it you'll talk about oh I think it's a 50 millimeter lens maybe and, and, and i'm thinking how, how could you not know how could you not know <laughs> what you're using uh, you know and be able to take good photographs and not know the equipment and of course it's this is it's almost like the polar opposite to to what we're about we we perhaps would could do a talking more about photography as a general thing and we, we 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 talk so much about the gear but it's um yeah it's 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 it's, it's quite it's quite interesting to to to, to see that hear that viewpoint that it's not about the gear that, uh, that that drives you guys. Well, you know, we started a film photography podcast, right? And the thing about film photography is there's not often a lot of news. <laughs> um, at least that's what we thought. Um, but then 2017 and the early part of this year, there, it, do you know, there were so many new films being launched and Kickstarters for film cameras and stuff like that. All of a sudden, we had a film photography podcast with a news section, which blew our minds completely. But, but beyond that, you know, uh, what we found that, you know, our listeners like to hear about is about making photographs, you know, taking and making photographs. Um, and uh, we talk a lot about the gear when we do our, our cheap shots challenge, uh, which is the, the, the challenge where you have to buy a camera for less than about 20, 30 pounds or dollars or whatever local currency equivalent. Um, and, and then we talk about uh, a lot about it, but we don't talk a lot about the higher end gear. But then again, you know, there's a whole, you know, everybody has their niche, don't they? I guess our niche is that. And, and you guys are here talking about lenses. And, you know, I'm here to learn, quite frankly, because you know, I, I, I have some, I own some lenses. <laughs> I don't know whether you'd call them classic lenses or not. But, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, I have a bit of a challenge for the team today. You know, um, you know try, try and help me figure out if I was going to buy a classic lens, right? Let's say it's my first ever classic lens. What should it be? Um, yep. And uh, yep. and I also want to talk about things that you know uh, in modern cameras as well that might be useful or less useful. I don't know because I you know I have digital cameras as well, plenty of them, and uh, uh, you know and, and in fact I have a whole other podcast called The Future of Photography, which talks about you know technology and computational photography and and the psychology of stuff and and how cameras are changing the world. So yeah, you know, I do I do enjoy the very technology based forward looking stuff as well. But, uh, it's funny that Simon said that because I was thinking about yesterday, and I even commented on it um, in a thread that we have. Um, 
what did I do this week in regard to photography? And, and, it, and it's all about gear. <laughs> it's just exactly what Simon said. Well, um, <laughs> I've been shooting my pen EES and I really like half frame, but I didn't say anything about like what I was photographing or why I was using it. Just that I, re- I really, I really enjoy it. And then, and then um, I was annoyed with the podcast. So I shot that zoom lens on Monday and then um, I've been bothered with the seven artisans 51.1 on the Sony. So I've tried it on the Fuji and then I got some um, 400 um, Ilford pan, uh, lens, um, uh, film and I and I thought I'm, I'm going to stick this in the Canon P. I haven't used it for a long time, and I got back to my camera cabinet and I saw my 4SB and I thought I'd really like to use the collapsible uh, Fed 50 lens because it's such a good lens and it's better on that camera. So I put it in there, but it's like it's all gear. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it, 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 but that's okay, right? You know, yeah. because you know, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but this is purely a hobby for me. And you know, in, in my professional life, I have to deliver stuff, and it has to be the right thing, and it has to be just so. And I like pottering around in photography. You know, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, I don't have any pressure on delivering anything to anybody. Yeah. You know, I guess I am the, you know, in, in the extended family, I'm the acknowledged photographer. So when it comes to those kind of fa- family events, I'm expected to take digital photographs. <laughs> but, um, but other than that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a relaxing thing for me. And if you want to play with gear, play with gear. It's cool. Well, that, but that's... I mean, in, in reality, I, I, you know, if you get right down to like, why do I like photography and Johnny might think the same thing. And maybe Simon, um, it's almost a, mindfulness experience because i have so many things going on in my life that are stressful and to be able to just get away from it all and focus on getting a shot and even even the nuances of of working with the camera and i think it's why i like to use old range finders that are more difficult to use i don't like anything auto this or auto that i like to do it all the hard way and i think it's part of that for an hour i don't have to think about anything but taking photos See that sounds cool, right? For photography, even just the composition of photography, it's like it's an exercise in reduction, isn't it? In a lot of ways, it's actually taking the big wide world with all its inputs and figuring out what is it that you want to capture. You know, whether it's something as simple as right, I was there's a trash can over there, I must make sure that's out of shot. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or whether or whether there's there's something more philosophical and artistic driving the composition it, it's still a process of reduction so yeah to- i can totally get the mindfulness angle to it well i, I i'm just wondering now if, if you could uh, you know help help us uh, the, the three gearheads here um because i'm you know what uh carl has just just said there is, is exactly the same for, for me if i describe my photographic week it will all be about why did i choose why did i choose to use that camera or that lens to do this particular <laughs> shot and that'll be the whole reason and my whole day will be based upon the the equipment that i actually choose to use alternatively i'm going to go out there specifically to do a certain thing and again i will choose the kit and then i'll put a, you know a, a lot of enjoyable thought into um ooh, what should i use this shall i do that and 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 go through you know, a huge number of parameters now you as a less gearhead type person how, how how do you decide what because i know you've got you've got uh, medium format and you've got 35 millimeter um, and then plus you know the uh, um point point and shoot type of things whether it be uh, 110s and whatever but how, how does how does your day differ from the way that we approach our photography if you're going to have a day taking pictures <laughs> can i just quickly interject 
that's not my approach at all. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, in some ways, I'm not so different, you know, because in some ways it's about what kit do I feel like shooting? And it's just like, you know, go to the drawer full of cameras and pick one out because it feels like the right one to pick out that day. But other times it's about, it, it's led by what it is I want to shoot um, and and other things, right? So I, I also have two young kids. And if we're out doing family stuff, quite often I'd rather have a small camera that can fit in my pocket, you know? Um, or especially if I think they want to use them, uh, the cameras, because, you know, I, I'm always happy for my kids to use my cameras. But uh, one of the ones I tend to go for is the Olympus Tough camera, because there's very little they can do to that to break it. Um, uh, and and they like it. So um, they're more keen on digital because they're young. They, they get the instant feedback. Although my daughter loves Instax cameras. Um, she really likes the instant film stuff. Uh, but it's it's I don't know it, I, I don't think I've got a secret to this I just um, maybe it's just a sort of w- worry less yeah. <laughs> it's like it's more intuitive rather than evidence-based if that makes any sense it's like oh yeah that one might work today or yeah that one hasn't got any film in it it sounds but, but, it sounds uh, less obsessional uh, than, than, than myself and Carl uh, at least anyway well it, it, it well, isn't I think it's just a different kind because you know I don't have a lot of cameras at least let's let, let let's qualify that a little bit <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't have i don't have lots of cameras that do the same job right so i have i have one medium format slr which is my bronica i have two 35 mil slrs they're both nikon fe2s because i want some redundancy right uh and that's it i mean i have i have you know in fact i was clearing through some stuff the other day we were moving some stuff around in the house and i found a pinhole camera and a couple of holgers and and stuff like that and and i i I have been known to use those but those for me are they're more sort of experiments and i'll use them for a while and put them down again so i I tend to have some go-to cameras um that are you know that just there and i'll I'll pick them up you know and it's less of a decision because i haven't got 35 cameras to choose from so, so Johnny, you you've got uh, you've got a contrary opinion on on, on of, well to Carl and myself at least. So you, you sound like you wanted to get off your chest. No, I I just I, I I gear matters to me, but I I mean I I tend to use the same camera every single day for many months, and then maybe I switch it up. Um, but I and I do that because I. I when I'm out photographing, I want uh, something I'm usually I'm very familiar with so that it's a bit more effortless um, and that I'm not thinking about the gear paradoxically that the gear, the gear is so comfortable. I'm not thinking about it. Um, But I, I mean, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about what's going to be in my bag every day. I mean, my bags had the same stuff in it now for about three months. Um, And I, I guess, I don't know. I, I was kind of pushing Carl this week giving him a bit of a hard time because he was talking and I'm like, yeah, but Carl, what is a photo? What is a photo? Let's talk about that. You know, because I, and, and then, you know, to maybe to go to some of the criticism of this program, I don't think we talk about photography enough. I think we talk about a gear a lot, but I actually want to hear, okay, but Carl, what were you wanting to make pictures of? You know, now if it's just part of the, um, if it's more the process of, making photos, I absolutely agree with that because I would say that for me, photography is really a form of meditation. Um, and I think Carl, that's kind of what you're saying as well, is that it's a, it's a, it's something you do, um, 
that is about mindfulness that gets you out of the other other st stressful world that you're in most of the day. And it is definitely that for me as well, to the point where I sometimes don't even care what the photos look like afterwards. And I'm not in any rush to develop them and see them um, because it's more about the process. And I, I know that, you know, I had a conversation with uh, Luca Brasi recently um, and we were talking about Gary Winogrand who has, there's a new documentary coming out about him. And, you know, when he died, he left something like, I don't know, three or 4,000 rolls of film undeveloped. And I think it was because for him, it was at least equally about the process of making photos and being in the moment. So, so I guess to me, when I'm making photos, it's about being in the moment. And then when I'm thinking about photos afterwards, um, I'm generally thinking about the ideas that were going through my head in those moments and trying to kind of piece them back together. Um, you know, the past week or so I've been um, on Instagram, which is where I share most of my stuff that I'm doing photographically. Um, I've been sharing a lot of uh, old photos that I shot on the Roloflex um, that are, wow, some of them are 20 years old now. And I've been kind of going back through some of these old scans that I did and kind of remixing them and uh, do, doing some re-editing. And I'm still... It, I'm still intrigued by exactly the same ideas I was kind of exploring in those photos, which I, I guess I find encouraging that I'm still thinking about the same ideas in terms of photography or whatever. Um, but it's, it's, I look back at them and I remember all of those moments really well because it, it I was very being very mindful while I was taking the photos. So I guess I agree with Carl. It's it, for me, photography is very much about that mindfulness thing, but I, as much as we talk about gear here, it's really, you know, I, I just, I do love gear and I love lenses and I love cameras, but I tend to shoot very few of them. Um, I I'm always kind of looking for the next thing that I, I think I want to shoot that I'll then shoot with probably exclusively for quite a long period of time. But I tend to want to just settle into one selection of gear so that it's very comfortable, if that makes sense. So let's, I want to qualify what I said about mindfulness. So I think that applies very much to when I'm taking photos here around where we live. Because I've taken a photograph of every flower and every person and every building and every gutter pipe and everything that there is here in the small town that we live in. And um, so it, it boils down largely to that. But if I go traveling somewhere, I think a lot about what do I want to accomplish. And so when we went up to Niagara Falls, where my family's from, I didn't want to go just take pictures of Niagara Falls. I wanted to take pictures of the tourists taking pictures of Niagara Falls. So I was the weird guy. Instead of taking pictures of the falls, I was taking pictures of people taking selfies with each other and things like that. And I do that in D.C. a lot. And when I go to D.C., it's gotten farther away from the buildings and the and the monuments and things because I've taken pictures of all those, to taking pictures of people looking at them and protesters and bizarre things like the guy with his head down in the manhole that time. And so it's a little bit different there. It depends where I am. Yeah, well, I think... I think there's something to be said there about the type of photographs you're taking is going to is, is going to alter the, the the state that you're that you're in. Um, I mean, when I, I, I don't find myself. It's pretty rare I would, I would describe myself into in a, a state of meditation when I'm taking my photographs. Although the closest, no, I didn't mean that. No, no, no and I'm, I'm I'm sort of sort of paraphrasing uh, Johnny as well could, there. Really, it could explain though some of your images. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, the thing is that that's the thing. I don't. I I I find that the most alien of the the, the concepts has just been uh, put, put put forward. Although I've I've come close to that when I when I used a Leica three C, um, and it was the, the first time I'd uh, used a camera that had no meter. <laughs> Um, and I didn't have a light meter either, and I just went out there and just guessed the exposure, and and I felt that that the whole experience was really enjoyable. Um, in fact, I was guessing absolutely everything because the, the focusing that thing was an absolute nightmare as well. So yeah, it was as it was as free as it, it it got with complete control at the same time. Um, it's, it's like using the point and shoot camera, but you still had to think about it. But I don't know, it, it was it was it was quite a a, a um a release uh, of an experience um but if i'm taking something else i mean this this week uh or last week i, I did a, a couple of things photographically uh i went to uh, a city it's called chester and it's an old city and uh, i did a i, I was going to attempt to do some street photography with my uh, m2 um, i took a few pictures with it but i didn't really do true street photography or not much anyway um and that was i just found that that was quite an enjoyable experience for me in 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 general um i'm not entirely sure what my state of mind was on that one but i know that later in the day i then uh the whole reason for going to chester was to go to the race course there where they had a, a free entry day for um a couple of polo polo matches and i took uh, my uh my nikon D500 and uh, an autofocus lens, which is a pretty obvious thing to do, and it's a it's a telephoto uh, autofocus lens, and I've and I got some good shots from it. But it, it, the the whole experience there was very similar to when I do wildlife, and I feel like I'm a hunter. Um, I, I'm not using a gun. I'm using a, I'm using a camera, and it's it's sport to me. The actual experience is sport. Um, so I think that, and when I used to do that with manual focus lenses as well, it, again, it was, it was the same feelings, that adre adre adrenaline rush that you would get, especially if you, you were using a manual focus lens, that if you, if you did, then it almost didn't matter just how good the shot was. The fact that you got something in focus, you were like jumping up and down for joy with, for fast, <laughs> fast movement. So I think there's probably a whole range of, of feelings that, uh, that we can all go through when we're taking photos. You, do you know what you guys? Yep. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, you guys have thought about this a lot more than I ever have. I guess I just work at an entirely much more shallow level, right? Because uh, I, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's it's, uh, it's it's one of these. I, I don't know. Maybe I am just working at a very shallow level. It's, um, you know, M from Emulsive. Stopped, uh, actually, he's fair, to be fair to him, he stopped badgering now. But he st he was badgering me for ages to write uh, one of these. I made and I shoot film articles for the Emulsive website, and I said to him genuinely, I've not really got anything to say. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, it's it's just. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I guess I'm. You know, uh, I guess because of the place it, ex it occupies in my life, with where it's it's a bit of an escape route. I don't watch soap operas. I'll play with cameras instead. You know, it's it, it's that kind of thing. It's it's the uh, it's a much lighter touch for me. What you just said is fantastic because when my wife says I spend too much time with photography, I tell her, you know, it could be worse. I could be in a golfing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That takes that takes eight. <laughs> Yeah, like and 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 is probably more expensive. That's right. Well, I don't know. Oh, no, it's not on Carl's case. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I, I kind of loving that idea now of 
Carl, instead of being obsessed with cameras and lenses, being obsessed with golf, and you're sitting there up late at night buying golf clubs on eBay. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of love that image. And you're getting all these packages in the mail that are like, you know, two and a half feet long and very skinny. (laughs) Hey, when I was in high school and college, I played golf at least twice every week. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. And And I was obsessed with it. (laughs) <laughs> i feel like i'm disrupting your podcast here guys right because i've come on as a guest and i haven't heard a single word talked about lenses yet <laughs> so so i you know i have a whole bunch of questions about lenses and cameras and stuff oh, like great. that and why oh good jimmy will jimmy will stop being bored now aid you're saving oh, you're saving the day <laughs> well, we, we talked about we talked about lenses all of the last one and it just went so badly that we thought we ought to get off of it for a little while <laughs> <laughs> well that's okay oh, in which case i'm glad to help but yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i do i do i do have uh I, I do have a few questions if i may is that all right yeah go for it <laughs> okay so the, the first place i've got to start with right um uh, and because uh it, just because it's very very topical at the moment right um what's the big deal about image stabilization <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm really i'm, I'm the, the internet has just blown up in the last few weeks you know with all of these new cameras that have been you know, announced and some of them have it, it stabilization in the body and others don't um yeah oh, i okay. don't get it <laughs> okay let me let, let's let's start with the the uh, start with something there um uh it is on the same subject but i'm just going to take it out of out of this a little bit um a couple of weeks ago that wasn't the question about lenses was it that was no 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 i do have some lenses as well i'm really glad it's well it's it's well certainly it's a big deal in in our world anyway um and um a couple of weeks ago we did uh, a podcast on the uh, a special podcast uh, on the nikon uh, z or z cameras and, yeah, that was a good show, actually. I laughed a lot. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah, it was currently our high point before it started to go horribly wrong. Um, but, um, but yeah, we it, it's IBIS is on the uh, it's got IBIS, although there's question marks about how effective the IBIS is on the on the the new Nikon cameras. Um, but the fact that Nikon brought out this uh, new mirrorless camera is finally something that it's a sensible price point uh, as a, because I'm. You know, like as whether that be an M camera or an SL, just were way way too much. And uh, so, in our little world, Sony sort of rules um, to a degree. And, and then there were a few people. Uh, that, Sorry, that, I just that, threw up on my mouth. Yes, yeah, there are a few. There are a few. There are a few <laughs> dissenters out there that will um, talk about Fujis and um, and micro four thirds and other, and other other cameras. But um, but it, yeah, there is this this thing about uh, full full frame lenses on the full frame sensor. Um, which I'm totally um, behind that point of view. Now, we did a whole show just talking about the new Nikons and um, in some of the conversations we had after uh, in Facebook, um, we, we said, you know what, we, we will do a full episode on, on the new Canon uh, because at that point it became clear the Canon were going to be bringing something out. And I can say now that we're not going to do an, an episode on the, on the new Canon EOS R um, and the main reason we're not doing it is because it does not have IBIS. Now, that's not to say that um, you know, you're not going to be able to take great photographs with it, but it's a case of once you've actually got used to IBIS, especially when you're using adapted lenses, 
and especially when those lenses get longer and especially uh, if you're dealing with low light situations ibis is just such a in my view it's just a, a wonderful thing to have you know i can go out in in, in street lighting uh, i use a, an a7 mark ii and i can take shots I don't necessarily have to be wide open in some street shots. You don't really want to be wide, wide, wide open um, or urban shots. I'm, I'm talking now at, at night and I can comfortably uh, hand hold it, say, say a tenth of a second without without any problems whatsoever. Now, I'm sure that some people could do that uh, with an unstabilized camera, but I certainly cannot do that. Um, so that would mean that I would have to up the ISO or open the aperture up. Um, and I've, as, as somebody that, uh, started digital photography with a um, a Micro Four Thirds camera. Um, the, the, as soon as you're getting past 400, you're introducing more and more grain. And, and there are times where you might want to be shooting at 1600 ISO or something like that, and you that's just no fun at all with with Micro Four Thirds. You can do, you can get away with with a larger sensor, um, but my attitude is I want to be always shooting at the lowest ISO possible and therefore at the lowest uh, shutter speed possible. And Ibis allows me and a lot of other people to do that. Okay. Wow. All right, cool. I can see how that is. So that, that it's, it's an interesting, so let me add my two cents and then Johnny can give his, which will we'll go from Simon to me and then Johnny and we'll go from one extreme to thought to the other. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I've, I've, I've had, I started with an Olympus and it had Ibis and, um, and then I got a, Sony, a Fuji XE2 and I kept the two of them for a while and I, I used both of them. And um, I, I used the Olympus with image stabilization for, for shots that Simon's describing where I wanted to be able to shoot. Um, I can I can hold the camera to half a second sometimes and, and get a shot with image stabilization. Um, but during the day, you, you don't need it with a 50 mil lens or a 35 mil lens, um, and it can turn the ISO up a little bit. And now I have the Fuji and the Sony, and I would never get rid of the of the Fuji camera because of the number of my favorite lenses. It's, I just don't like on the Sony, and and those are um, so my Canon rangefinder lenses. I don't like the way they look on the Sony. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but that the, the look isn't as good. I can't get the 3D pop. If the bigger sensor, I can't get as good 3D pop, although I get better 3D pop with an SLR lens. Um, my pen lenses are my favorite lenses, my Olympus pen lenses. I can't use them on the Sony, but they don't look as good as on the Fuji. So I, I, I use both cameras, and it depends what, what I'm going out for. I might pick up one or the other. Johnny, you can say what you have to say about Sony. I, I have said repeatedly when pressed on the Sony question that I think they are great cameras and for people who want to use those type of cameras, they're, they're doing really well. And I think Canon and Nikon are sucking it right now and it's their own fault. And, and Sony is going to bury both of them. Well, they're going to bury Nikon. They're not really going to bury Canon because Canon's got a lot of money. But Nikon is screwed because they whatever they come out with, Sony can instantly come out with something better probably before Nikon is even done trying to fill their back orders, which means they're actually trying to fix the camera that's not right, and that's why you can't get it. And then Sony will lower the price. So just anyway, that's just the, the business side, whatever. Um, I, I think Ibis is stupid, and I just – I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's, it's – it's, and you guys have both said why it's stupid already right here because the only reason you need it is because you're, you're doing bad photography. And by that I mean <laughs> – 
<laughs> Not bad photographers, just bad photography, right? Yes, right. Okay. No, you're All being right. bad photographers. <laughs> you're probably doing. You're being. You might be making great images, but you're just doing it the wrong way, and that's what we talk about here on Classic Colors Podcast. Is everybody does it the wrong way? So, um, <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I all right. So I have my 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 mirrorless digital cameras. Are I have two Fujis that I bought uh, a damn near five years ago now that are still. Uh, working, I only really use them anymore to digitize my film, but that's another story. Um, but they, they don't have IBIS, and it, it is something I never ever missed or needed or thought that I needed or wished that I needed because I just shoot it like a regular camera, and I I try to be mindful of in low light, trying to <laughs> to stay still, and I think about my breathing, and I. You know, I, I, I try to be a gentle touch when I press the shot. It's just, I just use it like a camera. Um, and I tried, I cranked the F-U-C-K out of the ISO if it's dark. So what? It's grainy. I don't care. I'll just, I'll push it to 6400 and put it in black and white and it looks grainy and it's fine. And I don't care. So I, 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 I guess the, um, I, I, <laughs> I'm just flabbergasted right now. I, I, I just think it's, I, I, I would, if it's all about holding it, trying to get a perfect image without any blur and low light, I mean, when without any grain. And I, I, I that was, where's the fun in that? John, Johnny, you're talking about grain, but we're talking, you're actually talking about digital noise. We're not I'm talking, talking about, about noise. grain. Yeah, we're not talking no, about grain. Like we grain. like grain. D- digital noise. No, I don't. But I, but I don't. You know what? It is what it is. If it's dark, and you're taking a picture in the dark, it's you're gonna get noise or grain. I, I mean, the, the ISO thirty two hundred right now on any existing camera probably looks like about what ISO one hundred looked like ten years ago. So I don't see any reason why anyone isn't shooting at ISO thirty two hundred all the time for everything. So. I don't understand. I mean, digital noise is not as nice as film grain, obviously. It's fine if you Fuji cameras. Yeah, it's right. When maybe that's part of it is like I don't mind my Fuji cameras, especially in black and white. If I just turn, oh, put yeah. them in black and Do white, you know and the crank. best black and white camera in the world, right? I have the Fuji X twenty, which is the little point and shoot. Oh yeah, and the black and white out of that is yeah. just amazing. Yep. They yeah. are. They're fantastic. JPEG, I, of JPEG, of course. Yeah, they I never should have. They never should have discontinued those cameras. I, I, I had that, and I bought and I bought my son an X30, and that's his little camera that he takes carries around, and it's it's fantastic. I, I yeah. still use my X20, and in fact, actually, I use it for video as well sometimes because yeah. Wow. Um, uh, well, although the downside is it only shoots 60p, which I'm not fond of, but um, uh, but but it's a, the the X twenty is a great example of what you're talking about, Johnny. I think it's got a tiny little sensor, um, mm-hmm. but it can still look amazing. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm asking this. I'm asking this question about Ibis somewhat tongue in cheek. I had a feeling it <laughs> might um, it might light, light a few fuses, but yeah, uh, uh, genuinely, I think I, I think the Fuji X twenty does have some stabilization built in, but clearly it's it's electronic. Um, I don't think any of my other cameras do. Um, or maybe the little Olympus point and shoot has in as well, but again, electronic. Uh, but my main, my main, my, my, uh, so-called high powered digital camera is a Fuji X-T1 and that certainly doesn't. 
right um, but it has it in the lenses so uh yeah right. i've got one of the yeah i've got um and when i'm using that for video i tend to use the uh the, uh, the 18 to 55 so-called yeah. kit lens because that's stabilized and that's an awesome right. lens for shooting yeah. video um i have to say i don't go out and shoot a lot of telephoto shots in the dark um <laughs> it's just not, it's just not the kind of photography <laughs> i do um, and if i do i tend to take some lights with me because that's right uh, that, yeah a couple of lights in the bag helps quite a lot but <laughs> I, I guess that's where I, why i'm just so dismissive of it is yeah, i mean I, I don't care all right for people for people who actually care about shooting with those kind of cameras it the it, both the Canon and Nikon are bringing to the table with the camera a whole stable of of stabilized lenses that are going to fit via adapter, and the new lenses are going to. So I don't really understand why everybody's so upset about the that whether the ibis is in the body or on the lens. It's basically going to get you to the same place now. I guess, you know, if you really need to double down, you could have a stabilized lens and a stabilized body. And I believe the Sony does that. So I guess you can hold handhold for like 18 seconds with a 500 millimeter lens in the dark. And thank God we can do that. Right. It's that saves is saving us is saving photography for the world. But I, I, I get why people want it. I do. And I'm, I'm being dismissive just for fun in part, but, but, but it's also, it's just dumb. I mean, just, just try a little harder people. Come on. Isn't it, isn't it important with classic lenses though? Right. So I expected to hear you guys say with a classic lens, which hasn't got that, you know, et cetera, et cetera, there's a kit. And I guess that's Simon's argument, is it? Absolutely. That's, that's, I mean, the, the other thing, I mean, and this is where things come down to use case now. And, and I guess when we start talking about lenses in, in general, about, you know, what lenses might, might suit you, it's it's going to be down to the type of photography that that you do and i know that johnny i don't think johnny puts anything longer than 50 millimeters on his on his camera <laughs> you know so and and the shorter the focal length the less a, a deal ibis or any kind of stabilization stabilization is but for those photographers such as myself that use a, a, a range of lens uh, sizes certainly the the longer you go the the more valuable it becomes so at the risk of uh, incurring your derision and scorn, right? The lens, <laughs> the lens I, ch I use most of the time is the Nikon 50mm 1.8 AFD. Mm. Yes. Right. So, and I don't think anybody is, is seriously going to call that a, a, a classic vintage lens. Um, but I, I've often wondered, so yeah, uh, I've often wondered what would be the benefit to me in buying uh, a, a, a different 50 or, or somewhere in the region of 50, because that's my brain tends to see in about 50 mil, uh, 45 to 50 mil anyway. Um, and uh, I th also my brain works in aperture priority. Um, the you know very rarely do I think about shutter speeds first, unless I'm at the kids' sports day, in which case it's digital on the zoom lens, and uh, yeah, and it's in the middle of the sunny day, so there's, there's no big deal. But um, you know, so if I'm thinking about the sorts of photographs I like to take, be they you know urban landscape stuff or you know or portraits or whatever, I, I tend to think in about a 50 mil lens. So so I did have a sort of line of questions for you guys about okay, so you know what would be 
what would be good lenses and what and what dif- what difference would it make right so i try i, I had a uh, a couple of twitter conversations trying to prepare for this show saying oh what are good lenses because i don't know much about them and i got into a couple of conversations about well this such and such a lens is is really sharp i'm like right okay sharp and then i thought well hang on a minute i've got some sharp lenses already yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, and and you guys, you talk on the show about you know the the rendering of a lens and and the out of focus bits and and stuff like that, um, and I'm quite keen about that and you know to, to hear about that you know and I don't yeah you know, and I don't know uh, I don't know which brands are going to do what for me so you could help me out there um, I I you know it, it's just not something that you know um, I. <laughs> And this is this is this is uh, I'm not I'm not taking the piss here, but um, I tend to think more about the in focus bits of my photos than I do about the out of focus bits. But I, I'm here to learn. Oh, it, it, <laughs> I was going to say before you, before you even asked the question there, you, there was probably about half an hour we could have spoken about um, when you were when you were just uh, uh, describing your situation. Um, I mean, and and certainly fifty millimeter lenses is is probably the area that we could probably talk at, at the most length about. So the, the variety out there is is absolutely enormous. Um, but the, the the starting point on this though is when you're talking about fifty millimeter. Um, so you're you're talking about on your um, on your your F is it FM twos or FE twos? I've forgotten though. Which, which FE twos, the electronic yeah. ones I have. That's, that's yeah. So yeah, so there's those, and I guess the equivalent on a Fuji would be a 35 mil ish lens. E- exactly, and I think that's that's where things start to get really messy um because you know a 35 millimeter lens there's there's no 35 millimeter lens that is going to give you the same effect um unless you're talking about in the modern world i should say certainly in the, in the classics world a 35 millimeter lens is a you know semi-wide um and it's designed in a, in, a, in a particular way and and there's a it's a different optical formulation for a for a 50 millimeter lens with the way that it has to bend the light and so on and so on so you 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 can't make a 35 millimeter lens work exactly the same way as a 50 millimeter lens would work on a full frame camera so that's that's the first point so it's almost a case of do you want to talk about the 50 millimeter um angle of view or do you want to talk about 50 millimeter lenses and i think probably from the ease of the conversation that we might have it probably makes sense to talk about 50 millimeter lenses in 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 general would you would you agree guys sure and it depends on what are you talking about using it for your film camera or on your Fuji? Well, if, if it's going to be the 50 mil lens, it would probably be mostly on the film cameras. So, um, so, and that's going to, but I know that's going to be restrictive because my film camera is a Nikon. Yeah. So other than so, Nikon and Voigtlander, I think we're probably done. Are we? <laughs> uh, no, well, I, I, so I, have an, I have an, I have an, I have an FE. Um, I had an FA for a while and, it's a great camera and I got some good shots, but I didn't like the little LCD displays. I, I like an old traditional needle kind of display. And so I got an FE recently and I have quite a range of, of old Nikon lenses from, from the pre-AI and some AI and some AIS. And um, the lens that I think that's going to be the one that stays on there most of the time because um, it's just such a nice lens is the 50 F2 um, AI. Oh, right. okay. And and there, I don't, I can't even explain. There's something. There, the lenses. You think, oh, how different would a 51.4 and a 1.8 and 1.2 be? Um, the 1.4, you're not going to be able to focus at 1.4 
uh, is effectively on a film camera. I don't know if you get the benefit out of it. It's a beautiful, clean lens. It's one of the best lenses I have. But on a film, but there's something special about the one about the f2 that um i really i really like it on digital and film and um the 1.8 i don't have like the good 1.8 i bought the pancake they make a little pancake one and it looks beautiful on the camera because it's a little tiny thing and it's, it's one of the few nikkor lenses that i've purchased that ha haven't thought wow this is a great lens and then um I mean, and then the, the one, I mean, the lens that I like the best right now that's sitting on my Fuji is a, is a 1.2, but um, I don't know that I would use that on a film camera. Just, just, to, just mm -hmm. as a point for, for aid there, um, Carl has just talked about the 50 F2 being his favorite lens, uh, 50 millimeter lens at the moment. Uh, it's, it's also worth knowing that that's his latest uh, purchase. <laughs> I know, right. So I get enamored with lenses that I buy for a while. It's like that pan color zebra, which I just loved. And every photo you saw for a week was with that. And when's the last time? Yeah, <laughs> a month exactly. ago, right? Yeah. So, so this information is just giving you as accurate today. Um, that's that's uh, <laughs> what you just need to uh, be be aware of there. So, so sometimes but, that's part. Sometimes that's the fun of it, though, isn't it? Right? Because I, yeah, I have cameras that I've bought, you know, just for the experience of using them. Yeah, not not expensive ones. You know, things like Holgers and stuff like that, and a pinhole camera I have. I just bought just to to play with. You know, so I, I guess you guys don't talk a lot about pinhole cameras on this show. <laughs> Even they don't Lens, have lenseless. Yeah. So, yeah, it would be the opposite of. Yeah. yeah, we'll let we'll let Corey and his team pick up on that. But yeah, yeah right. it, it's uh, it, 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 it's it's okay. So fifty mil f two, right? Okay. So on on paper, that's probably not going to be a lot different from the lens I've got, which is one of the things I'm really trying to understand. Which is like, well, uh, how how is it different? What makes it good? What what does good mean? I, I, I've got to say, you're 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 absolutely right there. And I think this is. I think we're probably going to have to broaden the 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 discussion out because you're so limited on uh with with if we're going to stick to the uh to your, to your fe2 i think we're going to have to um, bring the uh bring your Fu fuji into play so we can talk about sure, the difference, yeah go uh, for it i mean so, so i do well, have I like a favorite lens if that helps um my favorite lens is is my bronica 75 mil uh f2.8 i think yeah um which is and it's the oh, i forget what series it is is it the the p series or something i don't know is that it was the the last ones of the ones that the, the bronica ets etrs lenses that that were made and i love that and i love that because it gives me a a roughly 50 mil field of view because it's used on a 645 camera so right mm -hmm. so, so 75 mil lens and you get that you get that compression the, you know that optical compression because it is a longer focal length but you still get the breadth of a standard lens because it's on a medium format camera and i find that the only way and and i'm going i'm mentioning this because of what carl was saying is like yeah it's like what does good mean well the reason i love that is when i take a portrait of somebody especially if they're you know in in some sort in their environment you know not not a, a, an enormous desert shot or whatever but you know something that are fairly close environment I, I feel when i look at the photos it gives a more intimate picture mm -hmm. right because the compression makes me feel that i'm i'm more part of it you know uh, uh, of what's going on and and in a way that using an 85 i mean i i love my nikon 85 mil but it, i don't get that because it at that point you're taking headshots almost 
Whereas with the 75 mil on the Bronica, you can you can take an environmental portrait really easily and you still get that sort of compression, which for me personally draws me into the image a bit more, makes me feel more part of it, more intimate. And that is the only way I can really describe the reason I love that lens so much. Um, it doesn't work at all on the Fuji. So I, I have uh, a Bronica to Fuji X adapter, uh, which sounds like a laughable thing, I know. Um, <laughs> but it's actually, it's actually Bronica to some sort of Canon mount um, uh, and then a Canon mount to Fuji X. Um, uh, and these are just you know cheap mechanical things. These are not anything with any electronics in it or anything. Um, uh, but, uh, it, of course, the, the effect is completely wasted on the Fuji. Um, apart from the fact it's damn near impossible to work, use because the lens weighs twice as much as the camera, um, it, it's also you lose that whole richness that comes with having a wider field of view. So, you know, uh, I don't know. That, that, they, there you go. So, right, that, that, that's a bit of a ramble, but that is, a, that is about the one lens I own that I could articulate something that I like about it. Yeah, it just uh, before I talk about that specifically, I, I think – Hamish is rolling around on the floor screaming at the moment with you saying compression. Um, <laughs> he's, he's got this thing about compression and it's not, and, and, and so on. I think we, we I think uh, what Carl was talking earlier about 3D pro, 3D pop is probably a similar kind of uh, uh, thing there. But so this compression thing that's that's been spoke about a few times and uh, and explained and I can never quite understand it to be honest. So I've uh, but oh, I mean, no, no, yeah, no, I, I think I do actually understand. I, I get the science behind it and and the optical the optical science behind it i um uh, and there are uh, it, it uh, as a, maybe it's a poor choice of words i don't know but there there, there is uh, the, the difference of using a focal length is um it, there, there is a difference between the focal lengths what oh, well, but you have to count you have to take yeah. into account the field of view as well and that's why i like the right. medium format field it's, of view it's that it's that work impression I, i'm just 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 having a go at it for uh for, for hamish's sake so he, he calms down um can i say it again just for <laughs> yeah, go for it yeah let's talk about compression hi <laughs> <laughs> <I>, hamish <laughs> um well yeah well, the, i mean certainly you, you you're making a point there about center size effectively um because you've you know medium format you've got the larger sensor there so you've got the, the, the because the focal length at the 75 mil is going to give you the same depth of field as it does on a on a 35 millimeter camera except you've uh, it's what you've got you've got more of an angle of view but you're still getting that um uh that 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 compression <laughs> um, well, so, so i don't know what the so what is it what, what i mean when i say compression right is that the things in the background are bigger yeah, yeah, because, well, right. because, yeah, because uh, you've got you've got a longer focal length. There. It's like it's like when people like look at a photograph that was taken uh, eighty years ago uh, in the, in a very in a scene, say somewhere in London at Paddington Station or or some, something like that, and uh, and you can stand in the same place and try and replicate the same photograph, and you just can't do it. It doesn't work because the distance, you know, what's going on in the background is just too small. Um, yeah. You can get the people in the front the, the right size, but as soon as you've done that, then what's going on behind is is too small because that photograph would have been taken perhaps on a large format camera with a maybe a right. hundred and fifty millimeter exactly. lens. Exactly, exactly, and that's what makes the difference for me, right? So that's what I'm trying to describe yeah. with this thing: the the way that you know, yes, you have to stand further back because undeniably you are using a longer lens, right? So to get that field of view, you have to stand further back, but because and and therefore the relative distance between your subject in the camera and the subject in the back 
background is different. The things in the background appear bigger, right? And that for me is the look I'm trying to describe that that I like. But whether or not I have the correct or even the socially acceptable vocabulary for that is <laughs> is, is something I'm not particularly fussed about. But I know that there will be people who are. Yeah. So when you asked about uh, attributes of, um, <laughs> oh yeah, let's get back to what we what we were talking about. When you asked about attributes of fifty mil lenses, and if, if you look at, at our Facebook page and see the things that people talk about, you'll often see that people um, like certain lenses because um, they give a, they might give a sharp image in the center, or, or maybe they like a soft image in the center. Uh, you'll you'll see people talking about the out of focus areas and the bokeh, and is it swirling, or what does it look like? Um, one of the things that's really important to me is um, whether a lens just pops into focus and, uh, and it's like a black and white, it's there or it's not, or I'm fiddling around trying to figure out whether I have it in focus. If I get one of those lenses, I don't keep it because it really annoys me. Um, and, and I've really been enamored with the idea of 3D pop. Simon has posted pictures for years with 3D pop. And when I had my Olympus, I never could get it. And uh, the Fuji, I could, but it took a little bit of work until I realized you know, how to do it. And then you know, lenses that I thought were good lenses on the, on the Sony full frame, I took the first day, the first day I took it out and I was taking pictures and all the, I'm seeing this 3D pop and it's just, oh my God. So um, when I'm taking photos of people now, I'm always looking for that, trying to get that. And you got it in that polo shot that you were mentioning, Simon. I mean, it's like, perfect uh, you know not to mention the seeing little bits of the turf flying up and the one guy looking over at an angle with his head and the other person looking and you can, the balls in focus but there's 3d pop to it too and uh, that was one of the reasons why i like that shot so those are some of the attributes so uh, well okay so that's this uh, i think we uh, with uh, we've, we've, we've touched upon it but i think we haven't really got we haven't given adrian a aid uh, a specific um, answer, answer well, there, really. I think. Uh, well, go on, John. I can see you. You, you, you want to come in? Go I, for I was it. just going to say. I mean, for the uh, use on the Nikon, I don't see any reason why. Well, the only reason I would not use the AFD is because the manual focus experience will be better with a different lens. But I mean, it's a fine lens optically, as as those go. Um, I mean, so I would say the only reason to use something else would be that you're going to have a nicer manual focusing experience if you use, you know, an AI lens or something. And is it, so is there, is there more um, uh, more friction? Because the, the, the AFD lenses, I mean, they don't, they don't have a lot of friction. In no, it, I, I find, and we've talked about that, I find Nikon focus rings to be very spinny in general. Um, so, you I mean, you might find one that feels a little bit, uh, not as loose, but they, they all feel that way. It's just, I think the thing with the AFD is that using it in manual focus mode, it's not only spinny, but it's a little bit sloppy. And I, I, I feel like, um, and it's almost a little gritty because there's still a motor in there turning, you know what I mean? So I, I, I think if you used a straight up manual focus, just a, a cheapo, like a 51.2 or something, um, any, oh, they're, they're cheap now, are they? <laughs> well, ish. I mean, they are ish. That's, you know, they're not, they're not terrible. Um, but I, 1. I mean, 2. no, not one, no F2, F2, not 1.2. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. I thought you said, uh, oh, sorry. I misheard you. I thought you said, no, 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 no. 
No, no. I mean, a 1.2 would certainly give you a brighter viewfinder image, which is beneficial, but you know, um, but no, I just said the 50 millimeter F2 would, would be, would feel probably a bit nicer. And that would be the, to me would be the biggest difference. Okay. All right. It's tactile. Yeah. But I, tactile. I, I, I still think we're, we're missing, missing a, 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 a piece and, and that's, I think there's certainly the, the handling is, is a big deal. Um, de- definitely. Um, but again, mo- moving more towards the, 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 the Fuji, um, it gives you a, a far greater range of, of lenses you could, you could try. And the, the, the main point is you can buy a lens that suits the mood of the shot that you want to take. Uh, whereas you, the, the, yeah. the lens that you have at the moment is it's a, it's a very good sharp lens and it's, pretty damn sharp all the way across the frame um, especially when you, you you're stopping down um, many of the lenses that we enjoy using um, and uh, and the listeners uh, enjoy using are flawed um, some of them have got really odd designs that nobody in the right minds would uh, would, would would make these days um, and they give you some quite wacky effects uh, whether I mean Carl's already talked about the swirly boker and things like that, but it's it's not it's not just that it's it's the um, you can you can get you can have a, you can take the same shot with two different lenses and get a, get a get a different look. You may actually get a similar level of sharpness in the the point where you're actually after, um, but what goes on in the outer focus area just looks different. Now I know that you you're more concerned about the sharpness, but actually you you it's about looking at the photograph as a whole and if you've got a way of influencing the the whole of the photograph um in a way that you want to do with, and without using something like photoshop um then you know if you're going to use a, a biotar versus a planar versus a sonar you know three three different well two and a half different types of uh lenses there um you can pick the lens that you want that's going to give you the type of image that you're after and, and some actually that's another point some lenses especially if they're low contrast which is um, exactly the kind of lenses that, that Carl has a, has a problem with because low contrast lenses are, are that much harder to focus um, but what they do is give you a whole different look with black and white if you're converting to black and white then low contrast lenses just just look wonderful in my view cool okay all right well maybe we can narrow it down a bit because that's this is already helping so so if i wanted then a 35 mil lens and i'd need an adapter to stick it on my fuji uh and i'm going to be taking let's say environmental portraits with it because that's the photography i love best then i guess what i would like to be i'd like it to be sufficiently sharp enough that you could you could actually focus it on somebody's face uh, and it would be in focus but the uh, and then the out of focus areas on I, I suspect from a portrait point of view, I'd want them to sit back a bit. So I'm, I'm not a massive fan of, of really swirly, you know, sort of mm. pets vowel kind of uh, out of focus in, yeah, bits. Cause that for me, I, I find that it's why I don't shoot HP five 35 mil because I find it just to be a bit of a, a, a visual distraction. Okay. So if I needed a 35 mil lens for taking portrait, environmental portraits and something where the out of focus bits were soft and dropped away what would that be like so uh, oh, I, I, johnny I, okay i'm sorry so it won't I, the lens that i uh, there's one lens that i always use for 35 mil that i think is perfect and it's like ltm 
mount Canon 35 f 2.8, but it doesn't it doesn't do what you just said at the very end there. Which I, bit? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, did the, the, the out of focus bits melt away? Not with that lens. The, the... Can I can I use LTMs on a Fuji? Is there an adapter? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They're, they're perfect. Yeah, they're perfect. I was going to say, so do you, uh, when you're talking focal length and we're talking equivalent on, you know, the Fuji, which is APS-C, are you, you're saying you want a 35, you want a 50 millimeter equivalent lens on the Fuji, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Somewhere, so then somewhere, around four, somewhere between 40 and 50. Yeah. So maybe okay. that would be a 28 or a 35 yeah. in, in the real world. Right. So I would, my, my go-to would be uh, the Canon 35 F2 LTM, um, because that's going to give you an F2 aperture, right? And it's, it's, it's got a bit of a wider aperture, um, if you need it, and it's going to be very sharp. It's got a, it, it's, it's, it's really nice. It has a relatively modern look for the fact that it's an older lens. Um, and I think that would probably be a really good go-to standard 50 for what you're talking about. Um, the other one you could try would be, uh, like a, a Voigtlander 35 f, uh, what 2.5, right? Or is it 2.4, 2.5? Um, would probably be another Gwyneth, but that's going to have a very modern look to it. It's very contrasty. Um, it's very very clean. So it it kind of depends on how much kind of character you want in the shot. Um, you know, otherwise there's even the the Canon LTM 35 1.8. But that's going to be a really pricey lens, and um, it's you know it's going to have a lot of character wide open for sure. So for a fifty millimeter equivalent on the Fuji, I mean that would be I, the LTM lenses are outstanding on the Fuji sensor. So you kind of can't go wrong. It's just you. It sounds like you want one with a bit of a faster aperture so that you can you know be shooting wide or open and separating your subject from the background a bit more. Uh, yeah, that, I mean that, that that I would like. Yeah, um, uh, and and I and, and if I was to get you know uh, out of this conversation to go and buy a new lens, I don't need more sharp lenses. So yeah, it, one, yeah one, right. that's got, one that's got more character it, yeah. you know, uh, uh, is where I'm where I'm trying to get to really, and I'd be mm-hmm. interested to compare them and and uh, uh, and work out what's you know what's what really. Um, well, just, just, just as, a, as, as an aside, because I, I, I totally agree with what uh, Carl and, and, and Johnny and, uh, have said in there. And, and, and I think virtually any, for most of the lenses we're going to be talking to today, uh, if you're using Fuji, then we're probably going to push you towards LTM because they just they are a really good natural, natural fit. Uh, because as soon as you start putting SLR lenses on there, then you just... You know, just the adapters a, a fair chunk um, and then you've got the extra weight of the lens on the front of it so it, it can unbalance them a little bit more um but i, the, I guess for a for a rangefinder lens the um the, the adapter is going to be a smaller unit it's I guess, time then, it's it? time yeah. Um, yeah. yeah but there's a there's uh, there's a there's an ltm lens um, which hasn't been mentioned which i'm i'm not going to recommend to you but it's worth just worth touching upon and that's the jupiter 12 oh. um which is uh, yeah. <laughs> i just i got a mute sorry no not, not universally popular then. No, well, well, I'm I, I'm I'm going to uh, the the reason why I'm, I'm saying don't don't uh, 
go go that one. There's just simply practicality. Um, you'll see how so a protruding rear element, and the and when you get to infinity or very close to infinity, the rear element hits the housing around the sensor. So it's just I I would class that as an incompatible lens. I mean, yes, you can you can use it, but you can um, as long as you're not uh, going too close to infinity. And uh, if you are going to use go to infinity, if you're closing it down, then you, your depth of field will probably carry you over the edge anyway. But it's just not a, a particularly good practical lens to use on on that camera. Um, two SLR lenses that immediately come into my head, um, which, as I say, I'm not necessarily recommended these over and above what, uh, what's already been suggested, but they're, they're interesting ones. Uh, the first one being the uh, Carl Zeiss Jena 35mm uh, 2.4 Flectagon, which is... Uh, a particular favourite of mine, and uh, it's it's a it's a very very good all round lens. It's also got a great minimum focus on it, um, uh, but it's you know, it's it's probably a little bit bulky maybe. Um, but there's another interesting lens, um, and that's the Mir 24H, uh, which is actually well one. It's a rush. It's a Soviet Union lens, um, but it, that particular one I've just mentioned there comes in the Nikon mount, Nikon F mount. So it right. can, you can actually uh, use it on on both both cameras, and it's, it's and it is actually a, a really interesting lens. It's not the sharpest lens, not by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but it is fast. It's a thirty five f two. It's got a good close focus, so again, it's it makes it that bit easier to uh, get the background out. But it, it it suffers, or it has got it's got a great attribute depending on your uh, your viewpoint. Um, the, f the flare resistance is almost non-existent. Um, so if you're pointing that towards <laughs> the light, that's um, a good marketing point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It 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 does some amazing things. Um, so, um, so I think that's a, that might be an interesting one. If you want to do something wild and wacky, then, then you've got a model there, then point it slightly towards the sun and just see what happens uh, because you might love it. You might hate it. You know, yeah, so, so there's another well, well, right. And also, I mean, another really interesting lens for a Fuji is a Jupiter three. It's just a phenomenal lens. It's a 51.5. Yeah. And um, I've gotten some really special shots with that. And then don't forget, uh, let's not forget um, half frame lenses. So uh, Olympus pen lenses, the, the 41.4. I mean, if I if my house yeah. was on fire and I had to grab three lenses and save them, <laughs> I, that would be the probably the first one that I would grab and right. put in my pocket because it's yeah. so special. But, it's it's gonna, but that's more of going to be more of an 80 millimeter on the. It'll be a little bit longer. It'll be a little yeah. bit longer. Yeah. So if you, I would just throw out one more 35 suggestion so a 50 millimeter roughly equivalent on the fuji um if you really are determined to use an slr lens um i i would i would suggest the uh that uh re auto top core um so the top the top con lens which is the 35 millimeter f 2.8 which for my money is if i had to put an slr lens on there that would definitely be the one so all right there's quite a lot to choose from then isn't there? <laughs> I'm just I he got so so uh, I was li listening to all that and there's and there's lots and I was thinking right I can do some like googling and things in the background right so and and it and uh, uh, at least if I've got the if I if I've got the 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 search terms right it seems to me that um the the, the Canon 35 LTM right the F2 version is twice the price of the F2.8 version <laughs> Yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm afraid I don't have any internal stabilization on my camera. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to go buy a new full frame mirrorless camera, and then we can start all exactly. over. I with hear, I hear Nick on a launching one. Yeah. 
<laughs> but you can look at um, – I'm not sure. But I haven't looked at Simon's Flickr albums. I've looked at his Flickr um, photo stream. I have I have albums for nearly every lens that I've ever owned. And um, – Oh, all of the cool. all of the all of the photos in the LTM um, 35 2.8 were shot on a Fuji. All right, and and so so the the it, so help me. I guess the 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 more serious part of my question was it was actually there's there's some economics involved here, isn't there? Because you know some of these lenses yeah. are going to be you know twenty dollars, and some of them are going to be really rather expensive and collectible. Um, is is that is that Canon thirty five f two a really collectible one where the two point eight isn't or is it? Well, it's, uh, it's yeah, well to a degree, yes. I mean, it's also just that all of the LTM lenses are going up rapidly in price. Um, so they they've gone up they've gone up a lot. It is uh, it's a very I would say it's a very sought after lens because of the properties of it, and especially now that people are putting them on mirrorless cameras, they realize how good these are in that sort of context right so so it's so i mean it it yeah that that's a has become i would say a a pretty sought after lens and it's just not that common that you just run into it either so it's a relatively rare lens and it's a very high quality lens and so they've gotten very expensive and honestly even the 2.8 is not is no cheapy at this point that's that one can be quite expensive as well um so yeah, I, looking looking around too. So just on eBay in the UK, about two hundred yeah. for an f two point eight, and that's yeah. been from Japan. And then the the f two right, four hundred pound and above. Mm-hmm. You know that's that. Yeah, you know, so you, you've got. I mean, that, that's quite a hobby you guys have got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the lenses that we've mentioned are on the high end and price, like the, the Jupiter three, the, the the pen. A really good the, the pen forty is a good example of a lens that's gone up ridiculously in price i have yeah. a perfect copy of it i got it on a pen half frame camera and i think for a total i paid less than 200 dollars. and what's a what's like an, what's a mint um pen 40 lens cost now johnny 350 dollars are they really that high oh my god yeah, well i looked at some recently to get one that's yeah, okay so that right uh, uh, top mint so now i'm really worried I'm really worried now about Japanese lenses, and so now, now I'm realizing I need if I'm going to buy from Japan, I've got to buy top mint, not mint, and not mint. <laughs> I mean, had, I, yeah, I'm looking at one here that's excellent with four pluses after it. Yeah. So. That's, that's, oh, that's rubbish. Oh. Yeah, that's that's yeah. yeah, that's complete that's complete trash. <laughs> Um, I, I would just say there, there's really no such thing as a cheap 35 millimeter rangefinder lens. I mean, other than the Jupiter 12, which to me doesn't count because it's unusable for the most part. Um, oh, no, no. <laughs> try it on a film camera, sir. Yes, it is. Um, no, but on a, on a Fuji camera, you can use that thing. At, yeah, if you don't in, need an infinity, you're great. I'll send you um, some photos where I have infinity focus with that thing. You think and, you and, have uh, infinity focus? Uh, yeah. Well, almost. We've, we've, okay. been, we've been there before, haven't we? He's talking about yeah, environmental oh, no, photos. Didn't. He's talking but about I, environmental photos of people. It has yeah. some really interesting character. Some of the photos that I, I have a few photos framed that I think are really special. And, and some of them are from that lens. And they have a really interesting look to them. The colors, the, the softness. Um, it's a special lens. The character of that lens is 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 excellent. It's just you know, as long as you don't care about things like focusing it and changing the aperture, you'll love it. 
<laughs> oh, that part, right. Well, we don't all live in Chicago where it's cold and we have to take our gloves off to focus the, yeah, to yeah. the aperture. Right. Yeah. So, so, but I did point being that, that there's really no such thing as a cheap 35 millimeter range finder lens. <laughs> it just really kind of isn't, you know, I mean, I like, that's why I say by contrast, I got, I, I got my Topcon 35 2.8 lens last year for under a hundred dollars. And it's like, it's beautiful. So yeah. th there are still lenses you can find out there, but that's not really going to be a rangefinder lens. Uh, it's interesting. So you guys don't talk really about things like speed booster adapters and and stuff like that. Is that is that? Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I guess that's a no then. <laughs> no, no. I, I I'm okay. I'm less um, um, negative about them than, than Johnny. I I have one. I bought one when I had the Fuji, and I used it with my Nikkor lenses. I say Nikkor, and. Um, I thought they were it was fine, but then I realized it wasn't as good as the lenses are straight onto the Sony with an adapter. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, so I'm I'm whittling it down, and so I need to go. Yeah, this this is good. I, I'm getting an idea for what classic lens I should go out and buy. But I guess there's a bit of me that doesn't know. Yeah, like what questions I should be asking now. So am I am I asking the right questions? Yeah, I think you are because you're. Yeah, you're asking about about focal length on the camera that you that you own mm -hmm. so those are two specifics that are going to really narrow it down for sure I, ha I have to say i i do i do see a difference an optical difference between the the view you get from an aps-c camera and the view you get from a full 35 mil although mm -hmm. i only have film cameras for 35 mil and then again of course up to the medium format um you know is, is is step again so i i do see it i i am tempted right uh, uh, to get a full frame digital camera although uh i don't know that i should talk about particular brands because it might be a bit too contentious but no not at all go for it but <laughs> yeah yeah so uh all right but yeah so Actually, let me tell if, you if, I just, like. if i can just stop you there a second aid so yeah uh, just it was something that's been bugging me about something that uh that that Johnny goes on about every week, um, and, it, and, it's, and it's about these uh, and the LTM lenses. They work so well on Fuji and all this kind of nonsense. It, yes, they do work well on Fuji, but it, it, the way that he puts it across is, is saying that it works well on Fuji because of some fairy dust in the, uh, the 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 way that Fuji designed the sensor and so on. And the 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 big problem that you'll hear is all complaining about Sony with uh, with full frame with with ltm lenses especially when we're talking sony full frame is that the the edges um of the sensor um or the, of the image that you get tend to get um artifacts or smudging or some weird things tend to go on in the edges so uh um it's that sometimes is okay and sometimes it's an absolute pain and the the, the simple fact um the fuji sensor is smaller than the full frame sensor, so those those artifacts and smudging effects that you get on a on the, on the Sony sensor, and there's also issues with the Sony sensor specifically as well. Uh, right. It's got a it's got a thicker stack on it, which which causes right. problem with the uh, the the light hitting the uh, the, the corners of the, of the sensor. It's a it's a very poor angle, so it can't actually get the pick up the data if you if you like in the in the, in the correct way um and so you just don't have that problem with the smaller sensor so um as you can you can make the same point to say that uh, ltm lenses work better on micro four thirds uh, because they don't suffer from the same problems and i assume the same would also apply with uh, with the aps-c 
Sony sensors. So it, it's not so Fuji don't actually have a monopoly on the LTN lenses. I, I just want to make that 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 point really. <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, it, it's all uh, it's all news to me. So I'm I'm always glad to glad, glad to hear it all. But to, to, what I was thinking was that uh, what I like. Uh, so given given that I like to take pictures of people. One of the things I like about the way that Fuji cameras work is is how they treat skin tones, and oh and uh, that is is something that is built into the the processing of the Fujis. But it's just a, it's just a, it's just a thing for me. Um, yeah, I don't like all of it, but you know, there's things in there that I do like. Um, I don't know. I, I've heard a lot of things about Sony, but one thing people don't say about Sony is they really, really like the color that comes out of them. Is, is that a thing? <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> or, or should I just run away and hide now because I've embarrassed myself? No, no. I, it, this, I mean, I've, I've got to put my hands up now. I, I don't take many people shots. So, and I know that the, the, it's been criticism of, of people uh, that uh, Sony um, have uh, have come under for some time. I, I, but I personally, from the experience I have, which is pretty much just taking pictures of my family, um, I'm I'm perfectly happy. It's very rare that I have to do something there with with the images. Although I shoot raw, I don't know if you if you're shooting uh, JPEG, but I, which is going to be a bit more of an issue if the if the colors aren't right but i shoot raw and uh it's it's pretty easy for me to to get the colors that i want I, I generally speaking i don't actually have to do that much um if if it doesn't look right then usually i'll just tick the box in adobe and in lightroom to do uh, uh what it thinks the white balance should be and it's and i'll pick some one, one or the other and it usually that's that's as good as, as much as i need to do but when i've done the same with i've got an x pro one and Whenever I've used that X Pro One on on taking pictures of my father in particular, it just it just turns him orange. He looks like he's permatanned, <laughs> and um, and and I have real difficulty in actually being able to make my family look normal. <laughs> Perhaps well, they're not. Yeah, I, I have that, but it's got nothing to do with the camera. <laughs> so, <laughs> Simon Simon brings this one up all the time because his you know being seeing as how he, his family is ex, you know extended cousins from the Trumps, they they tend to look a little bit orange <laughs> apparently with the Fuji sensor. So um, I've never I, I don't know that I've ever heard that uh, problem other than from Simon. It's very interesting that Simon's family has the orange problem, but. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm just just saying. So, so there's a lot of people. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of talk with all of these new cameras out at the moment, and and the new the new favorite thing at the moment, new favorite term at the moment seems to be color science, right? And 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 a year ago, nobody was talking about color science, and now yeah. everybody's talking about color science. And uh, yeah, I I am absolutely no expert. But, uh, you know, whether it's uh, and, and you know, when I shoot, I tend to shoot with both JPEG and RAW. And then when a photograph is worth processing, I'll process the RAW. Um, but, you know, most most image processes these days have got, you know, uh, Fuji uh, color presets and stuff uh, or, or treatments or whatever. I canceled my Adobe subscription ages ago. Um, it, their software just is too slow i don't have that much time in my life <laughs> um uh, uh, and you know i have some level of objection to paying monthly for something that you know i think they think that the look the, the longer it takes me to import some photographs into life, <laughs> the more money i'll be happy to pay for my subscription but i think they've got that relationship the wrong way around um, 
so yeah but but i mean there are loads of yeah there, there's all sorts of ways to process images and that, that's not my concern so much it's just that yeah i i just wondered if you guys who have some experience of these things maybe yeah might have a a, a different view yeah but i guess so some of these cameras we're talking about at the moment are so new that nobody's really got their hands on them anyway yet so it's uh well i know i know one thing from the photographs i took this week at the uh the polo game um <laughs> I had, which is on a, a D500, and I had more trouble with color balance with that on that day than I than I usually have with with the Sony. Um, mm, so interesting. Some, sometimes it's just the circumstances that you're actually shooting, and it could be just the case that you know when I was taking those pictures with the Fuji and, and turned my family orange, it, it just it may have had something to do with that particular light at that particular time. And this is something that we've come across many many times when people have opinions of, of lenses and things, and they say, "Well, that, I used this lens and it was great," I'd, and I went back on the same day around about the same time and it was rubbish. Well, yeah, well maybe you do. You were standing in the same place, but the light would have been would have been different, and yeah, lots yeah. and lots of things your mood can have a have an effect on how you're taking the photograph and 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 and, and so on so it's uh, you can't only really tell these things when you actually got these things side by side and taking the shots at the same time yeah hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking. yeah okay all right so i uh, i what i don't know i've learned a lot actually from this conversation so i think uh, i've i've never really ever considered buying uh, a like a thread mount lens uh, I, I never really thought that that would be a thing that would be fun and useful and make you know nice pictures so that's definitely something to think about um maybe uh maybe i'm not ready yet to buy a new digital camera maybe i'll stick with using portra 160 as my camera sensor most of the time you know? <laughs> it's good. i'm it's definitely a color photographer by the way so please don't recommend me any any, any lenses because they they're really great at black and white because very rarely, <laughs> very rarely do i shoot any <laughs> Well, yeah. just actually, that, I mentioned earlier about low contrast lenses. So, I mean, it sounds like you just want to keep keep clear of those because they are the they are better for black and white. But um, no, just on a, a point about the the new Nikon cameras, um, which I, I did mention in, in the podcast, and that's uh, we we don't know yet how they're going to handle LTM. And uh, there's a there's yeah. a re I'm I'm actually relatively optimistic that they may handle LTM better than Sony. Uh, because traditionally they don't have the, such a thick uh, filter on the uh, on the front of their sensors. Even though you know Sony make many of the Nikon sensors, um, they don't actually have the same architecture, should we say? Um, so if if they're actually more capable of taking the the light from angles, then for me that will that will then promote the new uh, Nikon Z cameras to to the top of the top of my pile at least anyway. So if the Nikon cameras have fairy dust, yeah. you're saying. <laughs> because the Fuji cameras don't have fairy dust, but the Nikons might, then you're all in. Well, if Fuji make a full-frame one that does that, I'll be happy. <laughs> oh, yeah, but there's going to be a Panasonic full-frame one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, 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 that's very true. We've not, we've not mentioned that at all, and I, I'm, I'm really excited about that because I like Panasonic cameras. I think they're great, especially the, the GH uh, cameras, which uh, Johnny hates, uh, but I love uh, because I think they're a proper-sized camera. <laughs> I feel like I've walked into some sort of like <laughs> um, tag wrestling bout or something like that. I feel like I'm just going to get pummeled to the ground in, in a minute. Well, perhaps like, asking per the wrong question. Well, perhaps you might just, want to say something about um, shutter speeds on your Sony, on your on your Fuji. 
And- Do you know what? Um, uh, my Fuji X20 has a leaf shutter and I can synchronize flash natively at a two thousandth yeah. of a second. Isn't that great? Uh, it's one of the reasons I loved the X100 as well. I had the original X100. I sold it because I wasn't yeah. using it. Um, uh, and I'm always tempted to buy another X100. Leaf shutters are where it's at. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. My X, my, uh, the only digital camera I can conceive of buying uh, in the future would be um, some successor version to my X100S if it finally kicks the bucket. Because I love that camera. And the leaf shutter is a big reason why, for sure. Yeah, the, the the original X100, I never realized how lucky I was to have it, actually, because, you know, with all of those things, plus a Bayer sensor rather than an X-Trans. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I keep I keep thinking, you know, with Fuji bringing out all of these cameras now with Bayer sensors, I was like, give me an X-T3 with a Bayer sensor. Give yeah. me an X-T3 with a Bayer <laughs> sensor. And it's not got one. But it wow. does, having said that, it uh, so as we as we're talking right now, the XT3 was launched about a day and a half ago, wasn't it? And that for looks just if 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 it does everything it says it does, especially on the video side, that is one going to be one awesome camera. Well, they Fuji does now have that. Uh, what is it? That X. Uh, oh shoot! What is the model? Because Fuji have now done a very Canon thing and called a new camera basically the same name as the uh, old uh, camera you mean the xt100 yes thank you very much sir the <laughs> xt100 bayer sensor right so yeah. um their ch- cheapo bayer sensor uh camera would maybe could be there could that could maybe be a thing yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it. I, I did look at it because when they launched that, I thought I might buy that, and then yeah. it does. I don't think it has all of the controls that I would want. Right, it does not. That's because it's an entry level camera, and it, and it right. doesn't give you quite so much control over stuff. And and yeah, it's very uh, much aimed at the entry level market, it, which is really interesting in itself. Because when I shoot film cameras, right, you you get uh, you get an aperture, you know, uh, ring on the lens, and you get a shutter speed, uh, um, and that's about it. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> and yet when I want a digital camera, I want all sorts of control over loads of things, but that is because <laughs> I, that is primarily because I shoot video with them as well for fun. Right. So, right, right. so yeah. you know, it, you, you do need more control when you're shooting video because there's that many more things you've got to think through, but, right. but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd, yeah, leaf shutters, please. Yeah, if you could give me a, if you could recommend me a lens with a leaf shutter in it, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just need to get a Mamiya RB lens and stick that on the front of your Fuji, and you'll be in, you'll it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, no, I, I still have no way to trigger it though, would I? <laughs> Maybe I should get some sort of uh, large format lens for yeah with 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 the where where the actual shutter lever is on the lens yeah yeah you do that yeah (laughs) it'd be a beast of a camera though (laughs) (laughs) i've I've done that it works great you 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 put your you put your camera in bulb and you put it on a tripod and you you press the the shutter button and the shutter stays open and then you trigger your leaf shutter and it makes the explode it works it's great it's easy you can do it <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That that's that's so crazy. It might just work. <laughs> it's absolutely absurd. Everybody should try it. <laughs> I've, I've, I've done something similar with a uh, a Zeiss lens. Like a, I think it was like an eighteen ninety Zeiss lens. Um, oh, what do they call them now? Um, not conversion lens, or is it conversion? I, I can't remember. But it's, it's like two lenses that you screw together and uh, yeah, convertible. Convert. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and I, 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 I thought, oh, let's just adapt this just for a bit, a bit of fun, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and and adapting lenses is always about positioning the 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 lens at the correct distance from the in this case uh, sensor, um, so you can get to the, get infinity or, or at least something usable. And uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to need a bit of an extension here. Uh, we'll see, I think it was probably about actually, I think, but. When you put the two together, I think it turns into about a two hundred and seventy mil lens or some, something like that. Yeah. And uh, I, I was <laughs> I kept on putting extensions on and extensions and uh, finally screwing the M forty two ones together and so on. I was like, I'm going to run out of extensions here just to get the thing on there. But uh, but I, but I but I did, um, and uh, it was a complete waste of time. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear! Right, I tell you what, I think I might have run out of questions. Yeah, um, well, I, I, I think you've 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 been here for a long time as well, so um, I think that's. <laughs> oh, that's... this is only the first half. Eh? Oh, is this? Uh, we can yeah, have a big is... break and then come back with some more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Simon, you Simon, you need to play the break music so we do it like the Sunny Sixteen program. <laughs> we got at least three of those breaks coming up, Aid. So you know, just settle in, and uh, the second half of this program, we're going to talk about. Uh, what was that going to be on the second half, Simon? Um, was it? It was, it was uh, shutter speed on uh, Fuji cameras, I think. There we go. Dials, we're going to yeah. talk. Second half of this program, we're going to talk about uh, uh, analog dials on cameras. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's when made it, when to be fair, like, I may have derailed your show enough for one day. <laughs> well, this is actually a discussion that we keep threatening to have and we never do. But um, right. But yeah. I've, and, and again, I'm going to say let's 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 part that for another day. Um, <laughs> but uh, actually, when you talk about in, inter, interlude music that the, that you have on your podcast, I remember when I first started listening to that, and I was thinking, what, what's happening? I, I, thought, I thought it was at the end of the show, and, and I, I think I, first, I think I started rewinding. And I thought I've listened to this already, and I got really, really confused with that. Um, I mean, what? I mean, what, what's? I mean, it, it could be that the podcasts I've listened to just um, I've listened to the wrong podcast. Is that? Is that? Do other people do inter interval music? I mean, no, I've never really understood that. Not many, that. I don't think, but not many people do podcasts as long as ours. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this, this this happened fairly early on in, uh, um, yeah, a, a, a good friend of ours who heard like the first couple of shows or something like that said, do you know what? It's dragging a bit. Maybe you could put some music in every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> and they've only and they're only about 250 percent longer now than they were in those days <laughs> right, and well, you didn't even have to go find some royalty free music you had someone right there who made it for you didn't you uh, well yeah well once rach got on the show yes absolutely because it's rach's band that we use for the for the music now That's before so that we did have some royalty free music um yeah uh, great little place actually is so the the website is incompetech.com and there's so much stuff on there so if you ever need anything uh you know it's it's sort of you know royalty free creative commons you know just give the guy uh the the right credit um and there's some awesome stuff on that that's where we got our original music from anyway well, and then when rach came along we yeah she you know rach is actually a professional musician as well as all the other stuff that she does unbelievable um, I, I yeah, she's she's incredibly talented. She really is. Yeah. But she, she's a professional yeah. violinist, um, uh, and it was the violin that she played in, in the band whose music that we use. But um, uh, uh, yeah, so so we, we with with their permission, we use their music, so, which is it's great. Amazing. 
Well, uh, it's it's because we well we use the same we use uh, Kevin McLeod and in Compatech uh, for for our our music, which uh, is only t- relatively recently that I realised we were meant to be actually um, saying his name and uh, reading the credit out, um, um, which I think I've forgotten for the last two weeks. So uh, we, we, we do, we're doing well to talk about him at the moment. So uh, if I do forget later on, then thank you, Kevin. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, he kickstarted our show as well. So yeah, yeah. example when I, when I appeared on your show you'd already changed it but you hadn't told me about it because i, I started talking about your uh, theme music and um in one of the questions that we that we had on there and uh and they said i think it goes to me simon you don't use that anymore oh okay that's why that's one of the dangers of, of trying to wade through our backlog is that there is a lot of backlog now for sunny 16 and uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah um just one one thing about rach um and that's um uh, the fact that rach, rach is uh was I'm trying to think of the right word um um uh, she is certainly responsible um for my uh uh interest in photography again um was i uh oh we've lost we've lost aid oh no aid's gone aid's gone He's back. Oh, there Ooh, he is. Aid is back. Aid is so, back. Sorry, guys. Uh, a very slight technical hitch. Apologise about no, that. No, we've, we've, we've got you again. I'll I'll just, um, I'll, just uh, I'll, I'll repeat it, but I'm not, uh, and that's uh, to say that uh, Rachel of uh, your, your show, um, she, I, I met Rachel back in 2014, I think it was, and, um, and she was absolutely instrumental uh, to my uh, uh, reacquaintance with photography because I used to do photography a lot. I was going to be a photo- proper photographer once upon a time then life got in the way and uh, I met Rach and uh, she let me have a go with a, a Pentax Spotmatic and it absolutely sparked something there. there. But so I was starting to get back into photography as well uh, but I think that was actually the moment where I really wanted to start using old lenses rather than uh, modern lenses with, uh, with digital. So thank you, Rachel. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, yes, we've all got a lot to be thankful to Rachel for. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, oh, hello. My house has just become an explosion of noise. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, right. Well, uh, a couple of things now, because I think we're, we're pretty much coming to the end. Um, and uh, keen listeners will uh, may have noticed that Carl's been uh, very, very quiet and all very Carl had to go. So, uh, but uh, again, with the, uh, the, the magic of... Uh, previous recordings he will he will appear to say goodbye again um with uh, <laughs> um, something probably whatever he said last week is probably going to get played this week um but um uh i just want to thank you a for being a great guest uh, it's been we haven't had a guest for a while actually um but it's uh, it's been great to have you on um and uh, you've been every bit as good as i i thought you would be on 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 the show um so um so perhaps uh this is a, a good time to say if there's anything that you need to get off your chest um, about other things that you've thought I should have mentioned this earlier, but I didn't. And, uh, <laughs> and so on, any, uh, any shout outs or, uh, and then finally, uh, how we can, uh, how people can follow you uh, either socially or whenever. Uh, sure. Well, g- given that I had to dig out my Facebook account from the, the you know, from under the carpet somewhere, you'll guess that I'm not the most social of people. But <laughs> no, but I really enjoyed being on the show. Thank you for inviting me. It's been good, and thank you for indulging my my ill-informed questions about classic lenses because it's it's it's. I, I was really pleased when you invited me on the show because I was thinking, well, actually, I could really learn something here. This is like a new dimension to my photography, which I just don't have at the moment. Um, so no, I don't think I have a, a lot else to get 
off my chest, you know, just to say I really love Graham, you know, and all his foibles. <laughs> and, and, and not about Rach, but yeah, I love Graham, and and uh, and also my co-host Chris on on the Future Photography podcast as well. Yeah, that's it, and that's the way really the, the way I tend to interact with the internet is pretty much in broadcast mode. I like to transmit, you know. So, <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah, you can catch me on Sunny Sixteen. That's simply easiest way to get in touch with that is is search Sunny Sixteen on any podcast catcher you get, or go to our website Sunny16podcast.com. And then on the other one, um, which I guess maybe your listeners have less awareness of, is, is the future of photography. Uh, that is again just search Future of Photography on uh, on any podcatcher, or go to thefutureofphotography.com. Um, that's that's my show where we really do talk about uh, technology and the way things are moving forward and uh, you know it's uh, it, it talks about computational photography and video and uh, occasionally we talk about drones um, not so much about normal cameras but you know it, it's about how photography is used and the impact it has on society and all the geeky technical science stuff that p- companies like Nvidia are doing right now which if, if anybody's interested in optical technology and computer computational photography go check out what Nvidia are doing they've got some awesome stuff going on anyway yeah that, that's kind of where i'm at on the internet or either that you could always get me on twitter i'm at aid 968 i think is that my twitter handle <laughs> you, sound, you sound like johnny in the in, in our email address <laughs> oh we have an email yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah there we go i've just looked it up yeah aid 968 uh, on uh, uh twitter that's it twitter that's the one <laughs> Well, well, thank, thank you again, Aid. Uh, uh, Johnny, um, anything you uh, want to get off your chest before we disappear, or do you want to just go straight into saying uh, how people can follow you and such? Uh, yeah, people can follow me on Instagram at, at Sisson Photography. I'm trying to post there pretty much every day. Um, you can find me at Central Camera Company in Chicago most days behind the camera sales counter. And you can, in fact, send us an email at, uh, oh, damn. <laughs> ClassicLensesPodcast at gmail.com. ClassicLensesPodcast at gmail.com. Do you know, I'm so we glad email I'm the only one that can't close out a show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we don't, we, we, we've, we've stopped trying now. It, it just organically happens now. This is why you need music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, there is, there is and that. you fade it in, you fade it in, and then everybody just says goodbye at the same time. Yeah. And it's that. Bye. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And, uh, and, and Carl. Yep, that's Well, you can yeah, find yeah, me at uh, Florida University talking about uh, kelp and uh, <laughs> talking about algae most days. And then you can find me taking pictures of benches with my Sony camera most days, getting amazing compression. <laughs> that was my son. Yeah. It's uncanny. Yeah. And uh, I can be found in a few places. I'm on Instagram as Simon Forster Photographic. Uh, I've got my web, pi- pa- web, page, web page where you can buy uh, KNF adapters, um, KNF concept adapters. That's uh, Simon Forster Photographic.co.uk. I'm on Flickr if you do a search for Simon Forster. Uh, my eBay shop is It's Fozzy, F O Z Z Y. Um, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed uh, the show. It's been great to have Aid on here, and uh, we'd like to. Well, we hope we're going to have you back next week, and we should say uh, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
people just drive however fast they want to the police don't want to interrupt the flow of traffic and uh so they're just you know, one little um, police car pulling someone over and that'll slow the traffic down for miles yeah we just shoot at each other on this highway in chicago so <laughs> god fair enough <laughs> actually I, I you know that's actually not a joke um i was one of my my more vivid memories is being on uh, the expressway through the south end of the city here and uh, the car in front of me car pulls up you know next to it I mean, it even goes 70 miles an hour gun comes out the window bam 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 so the bullets are flying into the car in front of me and it, somehow I don't know how because the bullets must have been going through the passenger window in front of this guy's nose and somehow this guy didn't get killed and I'm behind him and like the glass is like flying back at me and everything and I'm just trying to, I'm like, what do you do? I'm trying to duck under my steering wheel. So it, it actually does happen here. That's pretty scary. <laughs> well, hey, you know, we, we um, two years ago down in Miami, I was with a friend of mine and um, he works for one of the state agencies. And so um, he, carry, he carries a, a pistol. He's a law enforcement officer. And uh, he had a flat tire. So we were pulled over to the side of the road. And um, soon afterwards, his car pulls up in these four, you know, younger kids from Miami area get out and start walking up you need any help and they you could tell they were not there <laughs> and um, pulled out his uh, pistol and said go back in your car we're fine <laughs> fair enough yeah all right. it's not like that where I live <laughs> do unless you've, you've got nothing to say of course which is, which is fine um <laughs> I don't know. The risk is that because I just go into a zombie mode because I'm just listening, thinking it's somebody else's podcast. I've noticed you do that on your own podcast sometimes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> when, when Graham does an interview and I just like really get into listening to it, I, uh, sometimes I just forget that I'm supposed to be actually part of the recording. <laughs> but it's okay. It's all right. It'll work out. Hey, you should start. Oh, I should, maybe should save this for a while. I think you should start a podcast where it's like um, photography for the blind or something where you just describe <laughs> photos for like an hour. You just describe so, the ins and outs of a, the details of a photo. So and the that's thing, the yeah. podcast. So you, I mean, yeah, Johnny, you've been on for plenty of hours on our podcast. So you know there's a little bit of tension between me and Graham between you know, just how we treat these things. So right. Graham, the, the problem with Graham is he has absolute OCD and he refuses to prepare. So everything has to be done live in the recording. <laughs> and it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's like, that's why our shows are two and a half hours long. Because can't get him to shut up. But there we go. <laughs> and I hope you're recording this, by the way, and put it into the edit bit at the end. Because I'm very happy for that to go out. <laughs> I should I should have mentioned that to you earlier. Anything, anything you say from uh, from the point of uh, ten minutes ago is will be recorded and used against you. Uh, oh, in, in episode one hundred A, uh, Aid uh, said that um, it freaks him out a little bit about those people that go through all the podcasts and seem to know more about the podcasts than he does. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was in episode one hundred A. He said that. Uh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> if that, if you say so. I'm oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, I, I actually heard that uh, ten minutes ago. In it, well, sorry, in the last ten minutes of my last car car ride was. Uh, um, I, I have Sunday sixteen on for the. It's been in the car now for the last eight months constantly that's all, <laughs> yeah, that, okay. that's all i have 
that's pretty scary. It now is. you are really that's more scary than Johnny's shooting story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, I'm, I'm I'm desperate to get just get up to date, and I can just do something else with my life other than just have just having the Sony sixty. You, you know, life. it's not compulsory. Yeah, I know. I just feel like it's just it's part of the personality, I guess. Really, I've, I've got to. Well, I've started something. And I've got to finish it. So. Oh, mate, you've got to do a podcast with Graham. Then the two of you will be a laugh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, well, that was the thing when we when when I was on the show, um, and Graham was only there for half of it, and I, I I almost felt cheated really because he never really had a had an opportunity. Opportunity to to warm up and start to have a go at me. Um, I, I didn't get the full experience. He was just really nice, and he just didn't work for me. You know what I mean? Oh well, sorry about that. Yeah. You have to come on again when I'm not there to keep him in check. <laughs> oh, and I got news for you: they're getting longer. Yeah, I've noticed that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> although I, the, one, the episode I was on was a, was a long one as well, wasn't it? So uh, uh, yeah, they're they're too long at the moment. Mine's so. longer, just saying. Oh, I know. Yeah, I checked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I checked the stats, and yeah, you're right. It was the longest ever, I think. Yours. Uh, I tell you, I tell you what, what Johnny. Said, yours, Simon, that's what you said. The uh, the the cheap shots challenge, judging Johnny, is the only time. My computer, a garage band, <laughs> ever had a wobble, right? It, it, at about two hours, it's at about three hours or something like that, it had a bit of a wobble. It kept going, but I've never seen like is it, so that as a fish. It's like, are you sure? Are you yeah, sure? Yeah, it's really? like, you want to keep going? It's it's like you know, like you know, a garage band is like it has loads of help, doesn't it? Loads of like AI yeah. in it, and I think the AI decided the show was a bit too long. 